Way to ruin the podcast, Cody. I fucking love doing it. <laughs> you got our one viewer angry. <laughs> Thank one, you, by the way. Yeah. One listener, I should say. Well, I can fix that and we can re-upload it and we can call it, you know, whatever animes love to do when they do that stuff. <laughs> we can call we it can re-upload do, uh, it. <laughs> we can do that podcast. We'll never do 1.33. Uh, you cannot hear us. I told you guys that I got that text message at 8 in the morning, right? Like, no. <laughs> I don't know why she thought she could send you a text message at 8 in the morning. Uh, uh, she eight, thought you'd still be up? The text message goes off at 8 in the morning, and I look at it, and it's like, your podcast is too quiet. And I looked at it, and I was like, that okay. is not what I am dealing with at 8 in the morning. <laughs> You think that's funny? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna read off a text. Do I have to guess the person? It's from you. Oh. <laughs> so this was a text. That, that was easy. Glad I could do that. Was the first <laughs> thing that I woke up to in the morning. Hold on a second. If it has anybody else's name, don't include it, so we can maybe. No, use no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. So I woke up. Intro, so. I woke up one morning and uh, I, you know, rolled over because the alarm's going off, and I see that I have a text from Aura. The text came to me at three o'clock in the morning, oh, and the text. That's it, not unusual. All that the text said was, uh, "You awake." See. <laughs> I'd like to place an order. Okay, I need one of each of the following tapes. Whispers in the wind to each his own. Put it where it doesn't belong. My pipes need cleaning. All tit fucking volume eight. I need your cock. Ass worshipping ass worshiping rim jobbers. My cunt needs shafts. Come clean. Come gargling naked sluts. It goes on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did the whole bit from... Yeah, 100%. It was just all copied and pasted. Yeah. Uh, here's one that Aura sent me at 2 in the morning. At Why are point. we talking about weird messages that I send you? <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a short episode. Uh, anyway, according. Uh, you have a hoovered schneef off A, wrong A. Uh, awake cow's teat. <laughs> also, now, this will probably also sound terrible, but I have to play... The, uh, the earliest saved voicemail that I have on my cell phone uh, it is also from Aura. This is just a good Aura. <laughs> not, this is an Aura shame. Welcome, welcome to the Aura shame cast. Okay. This is, this is the audio. You know, I got weird shit from you guys too, right? <laughs> yeah, but we can cut all that up. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's, here is Aura's voicemail that he left on my phone. Great radio. Oh no no no! Hold on, hold on. This 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 cannot go unheard. Yeah. Fucking Cody. Sorry, give me a call. Like. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I, I have that saved. That and a bunch of different people asking for student loan money. I could start asking for student loan money. I that need, would be funny. I, I do need some of that. <laughs> 
go go I should go out on the the street corner like where uh, White Owl used to hang out and just like ring a bell and be like alms for the poor. You could <laughs> you could go on the <laughs> other skip a step. Yeah. You could go on the other side of the street on Sundays where the uh, honk for hemp guy stands. The, downtown. Oh, I thought that was White Owl. Is that what is is that what I, I people so. call him? White Owl. I don't know. I don't know all Lawrence, the Lawrence, uh, Lawrence personalities, you know? I want, Well, you said that, and I wondered if that was the case. Yeah, I think that's White Owl. That's cool. What a badass name. Did he name himself that, or...? I don't He's he's a he's just a legend in town, you wow, know. They, that's so cool. There was an article on those guys in Kansas this week, though. <laughs> really? So uh, Lawrence is uh, Lawrence's best known personal uh, homeless folk, I believe. Oh wow, boy, we got a couple of them. There are there are a couple of them that are mm, fame infamous, in- fa- infamous, <laughs> no- notable, notable. <laughs> the town likes eccentric homeless people, which is real tokenistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Josh, we grew up in the '90s. Homeless wisdom was a thing. <laughs> you know, like this was yeah, a right. real, you know, as as was the magical Negro. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, that's right. Or said we that. Sign that shit to the past. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. So with those festive words, welcome listeners. Further <laughs> ado. <laughs> <laughs> Further ado. That's a podcast. Uh, I don't know. What's the premise of the podcast? Cody, explain the premise of this podcast. Uh, the, the premise Hang of... Hang on. Can, uh-huh. So this podcast is, on the other podcast, we consume media, and then on this podcast, we consume more media. <laughs> is that... Yes. Woo! Nailed it. Specifically on that podcast, we never do. We read comics, and then on Further Ado, we talk about something... Tangentially related, Ten- related to the theme. Yeah, I guess. I'm going to stress that this time because it certainly has fuck all to do with the comics. <laughs> yeah, it, it's seasonal. If we would have not recorded this in yeah. December, it would have been the more topical. Episodes. Yeah. Can we real quickly also mention this is Cody's first pick for the show since yeah. we had already had all the rest of them like planned out. Okay. Yeah. You want you want you want to move the blame? <laughs> I did. Did you see that? <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we run out of things to talk about, we'll just talk RoboCop some more. Uh, so I'm Josh. Uh, that was Aura, and that was also Cody. Yep. Uh, the show has was. swears. The show has spoilers. We were, yep. Swear spoilers. You this, can find all the rest the of them. The show has uh, oh. internalized misogyny. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Who? <laughs> Whoa. Um, we all do. It's, it's yeah, a sad fact. Yeah, that was dark. This is, is going to be a podcast full of I don't want to be lumped in with that. I don't like that. We all, you know, misogyny is a larger problem in our society. We all internalize some degree of it. And the best way to overcome social problems is to not let yourself off the hook, to, to police yourself for behaviors that, that are bad, rather than worrying about whether it's a greater moral uh, some sort of greater moral thing that is intangible. Yeah, but I haven't done anything this episode yet. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you know this what? Is, this is a high hate crime podcast. It's a good. We're going to get high and create and make some hate crimes? Is that what you just suggested? No, that's, no, that's the Mark Wahlberg podcast. I'm charitable. I'm assuming he was high when he committed his hate crimes. Mark Wahlberg? You didn't know about Mark Wahlberg's uh, hate crimes? Here we go oh, again. Josh no, sorry. Like one of three of Josh's well, favorite yards. Eventually, eventually we're going to talk about Over the Garden Wall, but for a second, <laughs> I really want to hear this. Mark Wahlberg attacked yeah. an elderly Asian man. Uh, Whoa. 
there's some dispute over whether he caused him to lose sight in one eye while shouting racial slurs once while he was drunk. Wow. Uh, but there's another one, too, that I found hang, out when I was Googling on, we, to can verify we, can that. Can we just be charitable for, to Mark Wahlberg for a second and say, this happened like 30 years ago? Yes, this was like when he was a teenager. Oh, okay. It wasn't like yesterday. <laughs> not not excusable, but still. like yeah. it's This isn't Transformers Mark Wahlberg or the happening Mark Wahlberg. I assume he regrets his actions. It was Mark, Mark, that he does. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I mean, it would be weird if he didn't claim he regretted his actions. Right. You can regret uh, your actions if you get caught. He also got in trouble, I found out, looking up this to make sure this was true uh, when he was a teenager for when he was uh, when he was a teenager he and a bunch of his friends chased an African American woman on a beach shouting racial slurs and throwing stones at her and then the next day uh, they did the same fucking thing good grief and it's portal in time. Was he watching the Watchmen TV <laughs> show? Can we? Can we? Re- do Do we need to allegedly all of that? <laughs> no, this was he was found guilty of oh, these sorry. things in court. Fair so. enough. Jeez. And just, that's why. Like, as, a, as the podcast legal counsel, I just had. <laughs> There's a big thing about him wanting to have his his crimes cleared from his record so he could do like Wahlberger shit in certain states. Honestly, but. a uh, a slander charge from the Wahlberg estate I think would be incredible boost to our podcast. Oh my god, we get a lot <laughs> could of you imagine? off of a slander charge. <laughs> exactly. And Josh already said he was, you know, he was charged with these things and he says he's sorry so, now. You know, so you know a good way to get <laughs> listeners to our podcast is to tell them where to find it, which is that podcast productions.fireside.fm you can also find us on thing will work real well. that production. I was sort of waiting for a spot to do that, and you guys just kept going. So you gotta find, you make your look. We we are we are Randy in here. You make your own segues, like the Ubermensch you are. I did. <laughs> I did. Yes, you did. I'm very proud of you. Speaking of stealing in a, and in a rocks. way that your parents never were. <laughs> oh, well, your parents never did a podcast with you. Why would that, they be proud no, of you? That's fair. That? Yeah. Boy. I have that same thing going Jesus, on for this, me, too. This one's off the rails already. Okay. Speaking of rails, there was a train in this show that we watched. <laughs> for a second. For a second, yep. Yeah, as Cody already said, we're, we did a, we did Over the Garden Wall, which is a, a cartoon picture for your children. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a slightly older audience than just children. And the cartoon network. I mean, That's fair, yeah. It's like that C-Lab show. <laughs> for the kids. Yeah. Like Aqua Teen Hunger Force is also a, a cartoon for children. It's it's a sort of a holiday show. Yeah, um, so uh you can watch I think this through. I'm I'm under the impression Cody remembers it differently than it actually was. No, 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 no. <laughs> when we before we started this. I guess I was under the impression that the the holiday episode would be recorded earlier because we did Batman, The Long Halloween, and Superman all seasons, and this show definitely takes place around Halloween, but over the course of the show, it gets, oh, okay. the the seasons yeah. change, and it snows. That's true. So, that was my conceit for it. You don't really find out it's Halloween until towards the end of it. Correct, yeah. But it, the whole show, as you know, the, somebody commented on it, has a very fall aesthetic, has a very uh, 1920s, 30s uh, animation reference style. Well, yeah, I uh, as I was as I watched it, I was like, man, this this looks like Betty Boop cartoons, <laughs> like yep. over and over again, or like Bosco, old yep. Bosco cartoons. Yeah. Actually, are probably closer equivalent. Mm-hmm. Before we we dig in a ton, do we want to maybe Cody walk us through what 
what happens on the show? Sure. So, uh, spoilers, you know, if you haven't seen it already, because uh, it is a very cool... I, I like that reveal near the end. It's a, it's um, a cool reveal. Ten episodes, 15 yep. minutes apiece. Yeah, ten episodes, like 12. So, it. Uh, mm. I thought it was about an hour and a half, but it is actually closer to two hours, so just watch it all in one go. Premiered on Cartoon Network, uh, I want to say five or six years ago now. Um, and it was a... It's just a mini series. There's no continuing. It's just one season, and it's there's comic books or something now, aren't there? Yeah, that's okay. I so I was we'll, just gonna ask you. We'll uh, dig into know. that because I also don't understand how or when the comics tie in. I don't know why you would want to expand. Right. Not because and I mean, for the review portion, I think we could probably do that early. I think we all probably liked it. I liked it. Oh yeah, um, Cody likes it a lot. I like it a lot. Actually, Going to pretend he has feelings. <laughs> Look, Enjoy I'm it. complicated about it. Okay? <laughs> Can I just... Well, well, that's perfect because I was like, if if at least if some of you guys have some qualms about it, it's not just going to be me gushing nonstop about this uh, property that I enjoy. Yeah. But uh, it's it's two brothers uh, played by Elijah Wood and a, a child actor whose name escapes me at the moment. But they are two brothers lost in a. Um, idyllic fantasy 1940s animation style woods. They like sort of fairy tale, I would yeah, say. Yeah, very definitely. They they wander across things like talking bluebirds and sentient pumpkin skeleton people. And there's this unifying thread that they're trying to get home. But there's a a woodsman in the first episode that warns them about the beast of the woods that you know takes souls and the. The show goes on, and you find out that uh, the boys are actually from a modern generation, and they are either in a sort of limbo or unconscious, and uh, they're, uh, like, I guess, fighting for their lives, more or less. Yeah, the idea is they've had this, this elaborate episode... Is that we find out, I think it's episode seven or eight. It's it's like episode nine. It's the second to last one where the big reveal happens and then it goes back for the final like confrontation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we find out that where they actually come from is that they're just from our world, and although they have weird outfits on, it's because it was Halloween mm-hmm, when they were uh, like knocked unconscious, and so their outfits kind of blend in, but. It, Every every time I watch it, I pick up on extra things. Even in the second episode, I think it's the the Huskin Bee, where they find all the uh, pumpkin people. Uh, Wirt makes a comment about how he was just looking for a phone, and so so a lot of the stuff you kind of just pass off as like it's just the humorous dialogue of the show, because it definitely plays back and forth with how anxious and serious Wirt, the older brother character, is, and how naive and carefree uh, Greg is. Hmm. Yeah, but this is the main dynamic is the two brothers, Wart and Greg. Wart is the older brother and kind of uh, a teenager and kind of a neurotic teenager, as you will be. Mm-hmm. Don't you point the finger at me. I'm not pointing the finger. I'm waiting for you to finish so I can make my point. <laughs> uh, Greg is the younger brother who's, uh, who's terrible to podcast with. <laughs> wow! Jeez, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> so, uh, I the thing that I wrote down and the thing I wanted to remember, because uh, what occurred to me over the course of, of watching this, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. 
was that the two brothers represent the the dualism of of pragmatic thought in some ways. Mm-hmm. All right, so you've got the the serious brother who you know the truth that's there is the truth we have to use, right? Uh-huh. Like over and over again, he's just like, yeah. "There is a town. We have to go to the town." Yeah, like, yeah. On the other hand, you have uh, the younger brother then who. Uh, who uses the the sort of other side of pragmatism that is this like you know I'm going to make it up so it's true right yeah of, you know and he even you know typifies this with that symbol of that rock that he keeps sort of like rock facts uh-huh. you know um, even referring to them as facts and it and and I thought that it you know an interesting sort of meta story of 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 that idea of pragmatism is that in this way they continually get lost further and further mm-hmm. by following both sides of that of that pragmatic. Mm. So that was that was the thought that I had. Yeah. Oh, you should go back to school and write another thesis, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the other thing. I that just I... gave it away for free, Internet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you have to pay to give away theses. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you pay a lot of money. You'll I... never be done paying. Mm. It's it's definitely like... <laughs> Alms for the poor! <laughs> a thing that's... It, it's like... It has its surface level like comedy and story, but there's also so much meta that you can get into for like every single episode, for the story overall. Well, the like the episode where they're in the, in the tavern was like straight out of Canterbury Tales. Yeah. <laughs> like... I... I, I remember thinking that I'm like I'm like okay so this is Canterbury Tales <laughs> like yeah where people are defining themselves by their role yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then there's that that was the uh, DC crossover episode Tales of the Dark Lantern um, in the in the husky uh, there's a yeah somebody pointed out that Enoch is the name of the uh, big pumpkin slash cat that's revealed later very that's good. very biblical. Uh, they have to. They require two pennies to ride a ferry, which is definitely a reference to some Styxian mm-hmm. uh, mythology. I'm trying to think of oh, uh, when they are first entering Pottsfield, both of them immediately step into a pumpkin, which is a reference to them being one foot in the grave, one foot still in reality mm-hmm. for their like limbo situation. Uh, mm. That one feels a bit. Now you think that one's a stretcher one? <laughs> well, but that whole—I felt like that whole that whole episode was was sitting oh. there referencing over and over again Wicker Man. I mean, yeah. like, well, there's a lot about mortality in that episode because it's sure. about skeletons and the idea that mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Potts Field as opposed as opposed to Potter's Field, they have to yeah. they're punished for their transgressions of like breaking up their livestock and so they put them to some manual labor and at the very end they're digging up holes that they don't know what they're for <laughs> which end up being to their dig up the graves. skeletons yeah their no, own I graves mean, no, <laughs> what <laughs> happened with out, the rocks <laughs> they dig out living skeletons and Wart never tells the other people that they were just living skeletons yeah so i guess the younger brother and the in the bird are just terrified forever of the <laughs> of the pumpkin people <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the type of thing that would scar you for at least a little while. Oh, let's see. Um, 
it's a good show. What uh, what else? Well, yeah, like, you, you, well, I mean, you talked about the brothers. I mean, there's the bird through most of the episodes too. Oh, um, the the very the very opening in the first episode show showcases every episode's like conflict before it occurs. Mm-hmm. So you see both Beatrice and her dog, which ends up being the the beast from the first episode before they're bluebirds. You see the fish in the boat, you see the toys that the toy maker makes, uh, you see the circus, um, trying to remember what, oh, uh, it's two boys winding up their little fairy, that's the frog fairy, and then at the end of the, you see the woodsman leave the cabin and his daughter is still there at the house. Uh, there's like a couple other things that I know I'm missing, but and then at the very end they wrap it all up too. With after Greg and Wirt have gone through their little pilgrimage and solved everybody else's problems to kind of escape, then Beatrice's the bluebird that threw a rock at a blue or no she's a human that threw a rock at a bluebird and it cursed all her and her whole family, mm. turning them into bluebirds. And you gotta say, at the end, like, we see all the bluebirds when they're a bluebird family, and then we see the family at the end. There's a lot less family than there were bluebirds. <laughs> so I'm just saying, some of them died before she got back. <laughs> oh, the... That's all I'm saying, man. The, the bluebird family, that's Beatrice's family, is the people who abandoned the mill that the uh, woodsmith, or the axe guy, moved into afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because the the beast tells him that his daughter is lost, but it's really the woodsman who is lost. And so he tells the boys that he found the uh, mill abandoned and he repurposed it to his needs. What? Talk towards the microphone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> looking, quiet, looking a little quiet over there? It looked a little quiet. Yeah, it's, no, I was, I was, <laughs> I was like pointing, pointing at the microphone there. That's what... <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Try, trying to be podcast subtle. Um, <laughs> I guess that doesn't work. Nah, we don't need that here. Um, I don't know. I've gushed a lot about it. What are, what are you guys... Not, not that much about it. Not <laughs> so 14 right. minutes on <laughs> with the 10 minute lead in. <laughs> uh, so a lot of... and we've, we've touched around this a little bit. Uh... Like Laura does whenever he's around a cat. Uh, oh my gosh, where him. is your cat? Hiding because he knows you want to touch around him. Um, yeah, I want to fancy that cat. <laughs> <laughs> so the overall arc of the show is that it is it is Jacob's ladder, right? It's uh, stuff that's sort of happening in in uh, in, in Wurt's mind as they drown. Yeah, right. Uh, he's in the in the real life episode. We see him. He's trying to muster up the courage to talk to this this young lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and give her his, his. He has like a mixtape, but apparently it's full of him reading poetry and playing the clarinet. Which <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. Like, no one does mixtapes anymore, but don't do a mixtape of yourself. Well, that was what I was going to ask. Other people's songs. Because I can never. Coward. I can never tell if it's supposed to be modern times or if it's like the 80s or the 90s. I think it's intentionally played ambiguous so you can yeah, project it. There's no need to specify. Right. But even even Sarah says at the end, she's like, so uh, I don't own a tape player. And it definitely would be a thing that Wirt is that weird kid that has a tape recorder to record him reading poetry and playing well, clarinet. 
I remember saying, you know, when, when they showed the, him popping the tape out of the tape recorder, I was like, well, this is nonsense to kids that are going to be watching this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, this oh. isn't really for kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Is it? Like, well, that's uh, an interesting topic I, that we can get to. Yeah, I, I, I was trying. All right, well, hold on. <laughs> uh, push a pin in it. We'll come back. There you go. So I wanted to make clear that there was, it was this Jacob's Ladder thing where they're all they're all dying, and this is all sort of metaphors for hope versus uh, letting go, basically, and, mm-hmm. and where you find the reason to keep going. So that's sort of the larger theme of the of the show, I would say. Yeah, well, I mean, at some point in the final two episodes, both of the brothers end up, like, losing hope and getting sucked in by the wood, and the other brother saves them. That's true. Yeah, both of them knew it. Well, they both get sucked in, but for different reasons. The older brother gets sucked in because he loses hope. And the younger brother gets sucked in, it seems, from too much... Like from mm-hmm. unbridled or, or meaningless hope, I yeah. Like in lack of direction. That definitely follows up with Aura's uh, point about like their personality traits as like the show goes on. I mean, if we're going to take Aura's reading of it, I think it, where the show would come down is uh, fallacy of the metal. Sure. <laughs> like so many things, we're saying that you kind of need both. Mm-hmm. Need a, a mixture of pragmatism and and optimism. Because, mm-hmm. like each episode, there is still a, some degree of small internal conflict that is resolved by the end. Like it's it definitely stretches out overall. And there's certain episodes where like the conflict is solved kind of early, so that way they can stretch out a. Uh, not really a cliffhanger, but more ambiguous ending. That's still like they're not they're not home yet. They're still lost. Yeah, we solve somebody else's problem, but not our own. Because it's easier to fix other people's shit. <laughs> it's or what was it you were talking you, about there? Uh, the kid show thing. Is that what we wanted to come back to? Yes. Yes. Because that because that actually dovetails into something that I was thinking about bringing up, which is. This is our holiday. Oh no! (laughs) I mean, yes, but no. Uh, This is our holiday episode, and so like, is this a holiday show too? Which is sort of okay. So interesting. Cody claims that he has watched this when I watch it every fall. Okay. So I do like. I it's I wouldn't call it a holiday show, but it's definitely a seasonal show. Yeah, that's certainly true. It it. How old were you when you first watched it? Uh, like I said, oh, do you really want to? Do you really want the answer to that question? Look, we're uh, both old. Or so <laughs> okay, well, so we can get into this because we're this show did that shit with the Adventure Time. So <laughs> I'm, I'm numb. So this this <laughs> premiered in 2014. So if we're really gonna date me, then I was 21. Oh, okay, I was that's 21 not, at the time. That's not so bad. But it was my very first time living alone in my own house. And I was doing very, very poorly in school, and it was during the seasonal, the you know, season of fall. So I was also massively depressed. And that will happen in your early twenties. Yeah, and and, and a once a week things. episode of this this thing that so spoke to me because I was definitely missing my own younger brother at the time because I definitely had by this point learned the lesson of 
you know, your brothers are closer, you, some of the people that are really close to you appreciate them, blah, blah, blah. I guess Wirt and Greg are half-brothers, too. Yeah. So, but any, they... anything that's along the same line where it's definitely, like, the older brother thinks he's the boss and, like, finally realizes that he was wrong and he was being, he's been mean to his brother or pushed him to the side is always shit that, like, pulls at yeah. my heartstrings. Well, he's not wrong. Yeah. He's, he's just, he just wasn't being nice. He wasn't being kind or right. allowing for his younger brother being younger. Mm-hmm. But he was right. It's important that work was right. <laughs> I don't know. Where was half right Very and Greg important. was half right. I think that, uh... Eh. Should have just left the older brother in the woods if you ask me. <laughs> you don't like Wirt? No. You think <laughs> Wirt deserves his fate? I thought we were talking about our own brothers just now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're not going to get into that. Also, in my personal life, I'm, I'm the older brother, so... Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess that does make sense, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I definitely have a lot of things that like I can easily relate to Greg, especially in the... It seems like they're about at a five-year difference. Greg's in high school, or Wirt is in high school. Greg definitely seems like maybe elementary school, middle school age. It's like rambunctious. He's not... He's what kids are like that. I yeah. Mean, it's He's such a perfect portrayal of like children overall like if we want to really get into it then yeah i do sympathize with that in that i'm five years older than my younger brother oh really you were yeah. too i didn't know that so that's the that's the age gap between me and my brother it's an odd thing mm-hmm. when you're a teenager and you still have a kid brother yeah and they have like kid energy and you can't really understand that anymore because you're have your head up your ass in the way that teenagers do. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother definitely fought like a lot when I was still in the house, and then as soon as I graduated and moved to college, we became like best friends. It does help to have that distance, I think, with the younger. Because with me, it was the biggest thing was I moved to San Francisco, and then I moved back when I was like 21, 22, and my relationship with him improved vastly mm-hmm. by that point. Yeah. Um, my younger brother lives now in the same town as I do, and I see him on a very, very regular basis. Cool. So, playing, doing nothing but playing video games. Playing video games together. Fucking millennials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go anywhere. They killed the malls. Yeah. <laughs> they did. We just watched a thing about how you people Get murdered malls. Proudly. <laughs> no. Stan. Standing over the corpse of that mall. <laughs> Millennial bastard. Listen, the, the the old people mall walkers definitely ruined it just as much as we did. Walking around a mall without actually going into any of the shops. Enjoying <laughs> the free air conditioning. Yeah, those people who go to the mall and don't go there to shop, those are the worst. <laughs> were you you two were obviously mall loiterers in Yes, your youth. we were. <laughs> oh, come on, everyone was that was right. me and Aura's edge. <laughs> Um, Alright, so the theme of whether this is a kid's show, right? Right. So let me let me um, back it up for a second. So, I mean, like, I would say that then we can, we can sort of expand this to also talk about other similarly sort of, like, Spongebob, Ren and Stimpy, Gravity Falls, Adventure Time, regular show, all of these sort of cartoons that are, you know, on their surface, I guess, kid shows, but not, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's a difference between not a kid show and a kid show that has stuff for adults in it. Okay. Like even like like the Shrek movies. Uh, sure. Sure. Had jokes that kids aren't going to appreciate a lot, but right. you know, it's still that's just there because parents have to drag their fucking kids to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't. You know, you can't count on the kid. You want you want to make it a little easier for the parents by including a few things. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, I, I think there's a more arty way to do that, which I, I would say, like, Gravity Falls does, where it's, like, there's nothing in there that a kid can't deal with, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of layers to it that you can appreciate. It's like a show you can sort of age with. Mr. Yeah. Science Theater is a show like that, I think, in a lot of very... Yeah, absolutely. Because when I was a kid, I loved the shit out of that show, but I didn't get a lot of the references. And then over time, you build the knowledge base through the show and throughout through your life <laughs> that lets you get more and more of it. God. Well, you, what? I, the the highway patrol and sea uh, sea hunt references on Mystery Science Theater are the ones that <laughs> like I didn't get a damn one as a kid. And oh, then of course, like, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea why they were talking about their lungs aching for air. Like, <laughs> what does any of that mean? <laughs> I, just, I just like they made goofy noises that the Godzilla was stomping around. Yeah. Then you, you get to the the point where like I remember rewatching an older one and it's like. Prairie Home Companion and Garrison Keillor references, like, that's not for a kid to get. There's, in one of my, I think it's in, I think it's in one of the Fugitive Alien ones, they do a reference to Koyana Scotsy, the fucking super indie tone poem film. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's one that I didn't get till I went to fucking film school, and I had to watch Koyana Scotsy. <laughs> makes, makes me think of that Rick and Morty bit where he, where Rick says something along the lines of, Boy, your dad's really the blankety blank of blanking, and they laugh and they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, do you like that? Do you like that bit?" Well, I made it up. It's like, stop being sheep. Like, laugh at your own jokes. There's so <laughs> there's so much stuff in well, Rick like, and Morty, explicitly an adult cartoon, though. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm just saying, so- like, <laughs> when you're a kid, especially if there's like a laugh track to a cartoon, or you're in the room with your parents and then they laugh at that over the head kid joke. And so I was gonna, hey, yeah, Bugs Bunny. You know, is one I think me and Josh have talked about uh, a couple mm. of times. How Bugs Bunny is definitely just like, you know, explicitly for kids. But then there's all this crazy adult humor that, like, is uh, also. Constantly. Yeah. And constant reference to movies that no child is going to have watched. Like, yeah. I could do a Peter Laura impression long before I watched Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> right. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Or Tom and Jerry, Tom gets the fucking yellow zoot suit, or the one where he yeah. rolls his own cigarette and blows the smoke, and it says "Howdy." Yeah. But this, but oh, but over the garden wall is kind of interesting in that it isn't reference heavy. Like it doesn't. Right. Like a lot of sure. what we're talking about here are things that are references to things that adults are, it, and it's not super referency. It's referency in like, like a in tone and mood, like. It's, it's aping a particular era's animation style to some extent. Uh-huh. Like I, Cuphead would be another example of something that reached into that same yeah, level, but for a more comedic. The uh, the Highwayman like singing his song is because I looked up a lot of information about that when I first watched it, and it yeah. it looks like it is based on a rotoscoping style of animation where you have somebody do it, you play with yeah. camera filters, and you basically just redraw it. It definitely looked like that because of the the way that it had movement, the tilts it. and stuff. It's it's technically not rotoscoping. They just like it's, animated it. It's a CG it. attempt to replicate it. Yeah, but it's it clearly is, CG because of the way that things were bulging and moving. Yeah, it, but but yeah, that is 
obviously like that's the other thing where i would say if you want to say that it's a kid show like you could make the argument either way but stuff like that is definitely for i feel like people i don't know it it feels like it speaks to me when you're the age where you're watching like vhs copies of stuff like that I feel like it's a show that if I had a kid, I would show when they were in junior high. Okay, I was just about to say They're that. Yes. I'm like, like I'm thinking, space. I'm thinking yeah. I'm Spencer, right? Uh, former host of a, of a show that me and Josh have been on previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got two kids. He's got one that's some age and one that's much younger. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> huh? Uh, like fi- like five? You think? Spencer's kids are like five and two or something. I've never met his kids, dude. Oh, I th- I don't know why I'm looking at you then. Well, anyway, like I feel like if I've you watch this once. cartoon to one of Spen like either of Spencer's kids, like this would be nightmare fuel. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah, because uh, the but I feel I feel like a little kid could watch it, and it it's, it does it. The nightmarish qualities to it remind me a lot of the stuff that was more kids entertainment when we were children, when there was stuff like Dark Crystal and stuff that were right being nightmarishly frightening, right? Not disqualified. Well, it's 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 children's never ending <laughs> story. Is that yeah. a kids movie? Like definitely. Oh, like, I the definitely kid is as a kid spend a lot of time pissed scared of that wolf. Yep. Oh god, me too. Yeah, that <laughs> and that's fucking that's scary. Scene with the rock grinder where he's like these hands. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, is that what the world is? You just can't do anything to protect the things you care about? Well, they, well, they did like, the, yeah, kind of, have fun. They did the this hands thing in this cartoon, too, though. Yeah. They did. Like, A couple we... of times. There's There are multiple <laughs> times where they, they talk about, like, is it worth it? Like, what is life? Like, it, it, are we all just struggling <laughs> endlessly? But I don't think that necessarily disqualifies something for, for being for kids. Like, I think kids can absorb stuff that's more serious media. Yeah. And it's probably good for them to learn that the world is not so, idyllic all the time. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like very young kids would be a little bored with it. Hmm. Like, I, I feel like you have to have a certain moral sense and certain ideas right. about mood. About, cause, and I definitely think depression was a major theme of it. As, as we talked about a bit, I think. Um, and the feeling of, of, of how depression impacts your life. Uh, mm-hmm. And kids can't... I don't know how much kids get that. You know, I think you're right. The more that I think about it, I think the perfect age, if you know, you're taking this in for the first time, would be somewhere between Greg and Wirt's age. Because if you're at that Greg's age, you're going to act yeah. like that. Like... This, you know, you might be distracted and think that the cartoons are cool for a second, yeah. but I doubt you're going to sit around to watch all ten episodes in one go. Like, you won't get why it's not just the funny parts all the time. Yeah, exactly. Probably. But it, Probably. Maybe some kids do. I'm not, I mean, I am generalizing, and I want to be clear on that. Right. <laughs> but yeah, because obviously there's always, like, outliers, and it doesn't matter. Like, there's going to be people of all ages that enjoy this. But it does, we've already made the comparison to Gravity Falls, like, a little bit. And this is this show is one season. Gravity Falls is two seasons. Both of them are very self-contained. And Gravity Falls has moments where it goes like a little darker, a little scarier on like the shapeshifter episode, like whenever or whenever fucking Bill Cipher shows. Yeah, the, all the weird Mageddon stuff. But like that has a very slow build up to that point. Whereas like this cartoon from the beginning is is kind of showcasing that it's like a little bit darker. 
Yeah. But it's still musical, like, every single episode. Yeah, it's trying to, like, visually it's trying to evoke the, the early cartoons, and, like, in tone I think it's trying to evoke darker fairy tales. Yeah. I can't remember the name, but I remember the, there was one sort of Russian one that I read when I was a kid that was weird, that was about the, like, I can't remember what it was. It's like some old woman, and there's like a wizened dude that's trying to get, or some young I woman mean, who's trying to get, this, there's this, this wizened dude that's trying to get people's help, and all the attractive young women are like, fuck you, and then like the older or uglier one is like, oh, okay, and you know, he's magic, so he gives good, you know, it's just... Weird. Right, yeah. Well, you understand a lot of this cartoon is Hansel and Gretel. I mean, it's through that lens, you know? Mm-hmm. Arguably. Yeah. I mean, but of, of that elk, certainly. Yeah. It's sort of a Grimm's fairy tale. For sure. Definitely. But I think, I think part of the thing that is so, like, engaging and entertaining about it is, like, Greg and Wirt's dichotomy, and especially their language, like, at, like each episode, like... Wirt is also that kind of person that kind of cuts through all of the pageantry to be just like, what? what? I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't steal. <laughs> like, Greg's, uh, uh, was oh. it? Fred's a talking horse. He can do what he wants. I want to steal. <gasps> you guys are bonkers. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. Yeah. That was pretty great. That was, honestly, the, the one right. validation for this that I wanted, I got, which was, like, at certain key moments, both Aura and Josh just, like, laughing out loud. My favorite bit was in the one in the present day when they were showing up to the party to try and get the tape back. And we're just like, yeah, let's go in and get her. And George is like, yeah, let's get her. <laughs> and he's like, no. Not like that. <laughs> like, that... I don't know, that kind of reminds me of my relationship with my younger brother, I guess. Yeah. Well, the, and then Wirt, the whole time has been that, like, worry wart, obviously, is, like, the pun there. Uh, I did look up, his name originally was Walter, and they changed it. But, like, he's like, oh, we're not invited to this party. He goes, oh, the, and Greg goes, I'll go in. He goes, you're not invited either. He goes, oh, well, he walks up anyway while, like, Wirt is monologuing to himself. And then as soon as he walks in, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry about my brother. All the people turn around and smiling and are just like, oh, hey, Wirt, hey, Wirt. He goes, oh, uh, hi, guys. And then, like, leaves. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's a good example of, I don't know that any teenagers should listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if anybody, for some reason, is making the terrible mistake of letting their teen or preteen listen to us, uh, I think that's a good lesson for teenagers is the degree to which you get in your head with this teenage shit about like your all of perception. this social world is so important. And yeah, it's, it's not. If you grow up, the greatest thing in the world, at least for me, it was was you know sometime in my my early twenties when I realized that the way that the social world seemed to be structured when you're a teenager is absolutely not the way the world is. Mm-hmm. It was it's, such a freeing revelation. <laughs> it's definitely a coming into your own story too, like. Lots of things that Wirt does, like, he doesn't reveal immediately that he can, like, play an instrument at all. And it definitely ends up being a thing that, like, I wouldn't say saves their life, but, like, saves them from trouble later on in the show. You. I was looking up what the comics were about. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about the holiday thing real quick before we get on to the comics and then maybe we can wrap. Yeah. Uh, I, no, if you don't, I have two more, so there. 
Okay, well, we'll do the holiday thing and then two more. And then the comics. Wow! How about that, dickhead? I, we also um, can talk about the cast as well as some trivia stuff. Oh, look at that. Sure. We do got we wanna... plenty to talk about. Well, I just wanted to say as far as it being a holiday yeah. movie, like, my inclination is that it, in one way in one way only I think you can think of it as sort of a holiday movie in that it's, it has the sort of moral... Like, that's often where fable-style morality exists in modern culture is in the holiday special i think yeah Where you'll get like your, the your star Charlie wars Brown. holiday special yes <laughs> which teaches you the important moral don't put uh b arthur in a fucking star trek <laughs> star wars movie i thought the i thought the moral lesson of the holiday special was don't hoover a bunch of schneef before script writing <laughs> <laughs> that was the financial lesson of the special <laughs> I don't. You guys don't understand how much I love the Star Wars Holiday Special. It might be oh, my favorite I, Star Wars. Oh, I understand and don't care. <laughs> I remember before I even was like consciously aware of the Star Wars Special. I believe it is in the uh, Weird Al Yankovic music video for White and Nerdy that he the he does like a back alley deal and he reveals that it's a bootleg VHS tape of the holiday special. It was a thing you always heard jokes about in nerd culture so much and when I saw Rift Tracks had a version, it made me so happy. It it reminds me of like culturally the holiday special is like the E. T. video game of like this thing that is so was so poorly received that the creator wanted all of it destroyed. But my favorite thing about the holiday special is that it's technically canon. Yep. And they reference no one has ever said that it's not. So if you got my favorite page on a fan wiki is the Wikipedia page for the uh, the song that Jefferson Starship does in it. Like the sky thing or whatever. And a friend of mine was talking about the holiday special on Facebook a bit ago. And I posted that Wikipedia page. Because it has to fit in. It's like sometime during the rebellion there was this song by a band of human musicians that was very, very, uh, very famous on Kashyyyk. And I'm like, hi, you motherfuckers have to have that in there. <laughs> You're obligated to explain it. Even though it's just Jefferson Starship doing a fucking single about a fucking space god. Oh. <laughs> oh, got Josh started. I'm sorry, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> we have a record. The Star, the Star Wars episodes were long and full of me ranting. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, oh I, I'm aware. <laughs> That was my Charlie Conspiracy episodes. <laughs> Can we talk about the holiday special? I've been dying to talk about the holiday special. <laughs> symbolism everywhere. The symbolism keeps popping up. Two episodes in a row we made. <laughs> 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 well, it is, uh, these are our holiday specials. Yep. Here, here's my obligator. Uh, uh, watch, uh, watch the Peanuts, both Halloween and Christmas specials, and then watch a couple of... Halloween and there's no Halloween Veggie Tales, but there's definitely some Christmas Veggie Tales. They love that one. I'd imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine why. Uh, all right, so yeah, like it's it's over the garden wall is a holiday thing in the loosest conceit. Like I said, I it's it's more of a seasonal, and we're we're definitely rapidly approaching the end of the appropriate season to watch it. Not that you can't watch it, like, at any point in time. It's still just, like, it's not like you can't watch Die Hard not during Christmas. But it's just, it always feels a little bit more fun when you do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you... So that's my answer to your question about holidays, or... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I looked up what the comics were about, just to answer that kind of question. Uh Uh-huh. It would appear 
based on having never read them, but based on what Amazon sort of describes them as, uh, they are a revisit to the unknown. Uh, very, like, adventures in, um, in uh, Greg's dreamland, for instance, about, like, going back to the unknown to go visit, you know, the various characters they met along the way. Okay. So... That sounds it's, terrible. It's kind of a further adventures of... Right. Based on even just the covers that I see at work, I was like, this is either one of those Mike Mignola universe type things where these were the things that happened in the background and we just never got to it. Because the show was originally supposed to be 18 episodes long. So I was just going to give my review and I was going to say... It felt crunched. That was my... Really? That was my... I was gonna... I felt like it was not... My review is kind of the opposite. The off to me. <laughs> What's that? My review is kind of the opposite. I really would have liked to see a cut of it that's just like an hour and a half movie that's the main plot without quite so much of the... Ep- ep- episodic the episodic stuff. episodic stuff. Well, and so that leads me to another question that I had. Is this a binge watch? Because it, yeah. it, so it's intended as that. chunks that you were supposed to watch, I assume, weekly, or yep. or at least, yeah. you know, daily or something. It's not... Yep, one they premiered one episode a week for ten weeks. So, I wonder if that would have felt different. And, Cody, you said you did watch it live when it was happening? Yeah. Did it feel different? Yeah, because, like, I think it starts on Halloween. Uh, I'll, I'll look this up now to figure out. Because the original air date, like I said, as the episodes went on, 10 weeks in the fall, the last, like, two or three episodes are the only episodes where you see snow. But by that point, it was definitely, like, much colder. Because as a binge watch, I might agree with Josh. I might agree more more focus on plot. As a As a weekly show that you're watching episodes of, Man, they could have had so much fun with this, like, wandering around for a while. I mean, because clearly they had the beginning and the end in mind. Right? I think I, I think I, yeah, I, think I agree with that. Oh. I think it would have been better watching it weekly. First episode, so I, so I was incorrect. It aired every night for a week. I was under the impression it had some sort of weekly, it, or it was like a week... A long yeah. event or something. It was, it was a special... Too. Just not binge. Yeah. There was... Uh, it first premiered November 3rd, 2014, and the final episode date was November 7th, 2014. I believe the last, like, two episodes, or, like, the last two days, they doubled it up. Sure. For, like, half-hour specials. <clears throat> yeah, I... I think I would have had more fun... Because I, I said I had mixed feelings, and my mixed feelings are... I enjoyed it as it was, but I think it could have been better if, you know, like... Yeah, sure. which is far from terrible. Yeah. There's a... It's it's also based on its initial pilot, as things often are. That one's called the uh, Tome of the Unknown. You can find it on YouTube. Tome uh, if you, of the Unknown Soldier. It, it's, uh, it's basically like a, a redux of the Pottersfield episode or the Pottsfield episode. They have, like, a car that's made out of vegetables. Um, but it's the same type of conceit. Like, uh, it's not the it's none of the beginning stuff, but it's, like, Greg and Wirt lost, like, just wandering into um, semi-conflict, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, the Patrick McHale, the creator of it, also worked on uh, The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack and Adventure Time first before uh, pitching this. Uh, won an Emmy Award 
Say what? Say what? Uh, let's see. Uh, also, Patrick McHale uh, did the first one-shot comic book adaptation with four further issues commissioned. So there was an initial one that I believe was based on the episodes that were scrapped. But now the ones that are coming out, I think, are just IP. Well, I think it's over now. Oh, um, is it? Those yeah, uh, those was, soulful only, symphonies or whatever. It was only fifty issues or something. They were but, they were just. But by the way, it was fifty issues. Yeah, <laughs> they could they could just use the uh, they could just use the IP any way they want. You could Actually, say you could say uh, IP freely. Uh-huh. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, let me back off the gas on that fifty issues thing. Uh, I know there are at least thirty, <laughs> but I, I'm not gonna not gonna lock in that there are fifty. So mm. yeah, it kind of disappoints me that they continued it. Like I don't see the reason to continue it like the story that it tells is nice but like well it, i mean it definitely feels like a closed loop and yeah. i mm-hmm. i mean when i think it was when cody started working there cody said something about it he's like how the hell do they have a comic of this like yeah it was you know it was it was just a mini <laughs> they're they're not in um, in peril of dying in a coma like <laughs> uh, how do they go back into a coma I put was, me in under dock let me go back um, <laughs> like flatliners oh my gosh what if it's like flatliners where they just keep trying finding ways to kill themselves over and over again so that they can go visit the <laughs> what if it's like flatliners where people remember it as being much better than it was <laughs> aww he didn't mean it, Cody. Don't listen to him. Oh, I, I, I know he's talking about flatliners and not this. I'm not talking. Yeah, I, 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 I watched this. I can't say whether it's. I can say like I don't. I don't care about finding out about like Wirt and Sarah. Like if they like, oh, do they hook up? Are they, no, I mean it's fine within the show. Like I don't need more. All right. I, I don't need to know. Exactly. It's one of those like it's self-contained and like it ends. But it ends with a way that you can imagine, like, whatever. Because they do that ambiguous thing where, at the end, uh, Greg is holding the frog, and it clearly has, like, the bell still in his stomach. So was it real, or was it not real? It's like, who cares? It's a it's a Calvin and Hobbes situation. It doesn't matter, because uh, that's not what it's about. Calvin and Hobbes had a pretty clear answer. No, it doesn't. What do you mean? All right, another day, friend. All right. <laughs> That what we're gonna have to do a Calvin and Hobbes episode. I will gladly do a Calvin and Hobbes episode. That's gonna take a long time to read through ten years of comic strips though. Doesn't count as comics. Really? No, 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 no! I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa! Okay, now you are attacking my child. No, I was kidding. I'm kidding, podcasters. I'm kidding. I was all about to pitch the Calvin and Hobbes versus Far Side fucking episode, and you're wrong. And you're okay. all committing hate crimes. Okay, oh, I don't man. know about Farside, though, for realsies. Like, oh, I this is the family circus this argument. This is the family circus argument, because is it, is it technically... I don't care, it's comics. Is it technically yes, comics? it's oh, comics. Okay. Because you look at it, you're like, it's comics. <laughs> yes, we can answer definitely in this one podcast about and, Over the Garden Scott Wall. Scott can fuck himself. <laughs> Whoa! That is a that is an opinion I disagree with. <laughs> Josh did say at the beginning of the episode we were going to get into hate speech, so I guess I guess we have arrived at that point now. I would I mean, like to say I love you, Scott McCloud. And I like your books. Or has met him. A couple of times. Lily, look at that. It was clearly hypnotized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's useful to make those distinctions. I think that people know that it's comics. Listen, how else are people going to get paid for the academic 
papers that they write if we don't talk about it. No, well, sure, okay. but there's an extent to which we need to acknowledge that. Well, but uh, but I mean his point, and we can have this out if we ever actually do these. But his, <laughs> his point is that I mean, is it is it comics or is it captioning, basically? It's a dumb distinction. <laughs> like if you look at it, if you show somebody a Calvin and Hobbes strip and you show somebody a Far Side strip, they okay, will Calvin, recognize them fi- as Calvin, the same Leave thing. Calvin and Hobbes out of the equation. I was joking about that. I'm no, sorry. I, that was, no, that you're was, missing my point. Right. Calvin and Hobbes is the thing that he would say was. Right. And right. Farsight is the one that he, might not necessarily, that he wouldn't necessarily. But if you showed both of those to, to me as a kid, I would have said, those are both comics. Well, Obviously, you dumbass. Well, but the, both of those... So, hang on. Both of those appeared on comics pages in Sunday Comics, juxtaposed with each other. Hey, can I finish? Let me finish, and then you can you can have your point. They were juxtaposed purposefully for us, like, because Family Circus, Far Side, you know, uh, Marmaduke, I, it was, yeah. Marmaduke lived somewhere else in the paper, right? But the political cartoons then also lived somewhere else in the paper. And I'm not 100% sure you could put political cartoons necessarily in that same bucket with that. Yes, you can. And I'm not talking about it as things that I would know. I'm saying if you showed it to kid me who had never been exposed to either of those before. Right. I was because I was a kid that was into those things. But if I had it and I, I was just familiar with the idea of comics and I saw those two, then yeah, I would say that they're both comics. They're recognizably both comics. But there's no implied sort of action. That's... It's, you see, the problem like with Scott McCloud's argument is that he is creating a definition to make his argument. Like, sure. he is assuming the definition of comics is sequential images in order to make a... And that's that serves him well, but he hasn't proved that absolutely. <laughs> well, but that's what I comics think, means to well, culture. Well, but then is every meme a comic? Or rather, let me back that up. Is every theme, meme a fumetti comic? That isn't really a thing that needs to be defined right now. You're trying to expand the point rather than deal with this one. Because you know that I've just hit on something real good, which is that Scott is, Scott is assuming the concept. I don't, no, no, no. Okay, no, no, well, no, no, let's... No, no, no. I want to put... I, so I, I've listened was, to... Uh, I've listened to both of you. Now, I want to interject my shit into this on our Over the Garden Wall episode. <laughs> but I will say... <laughs> the, like, it was probably a year ago that I bought the Understanding Comics book. And in that, he does go through all the different stages where he has to extend his definition of comics because the contrivance of like the people in the audience talking to him about like okay well we can't say it's just this it's juxtaposed blah 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 he ends up with like a multi like sentence long description because he talks about it well you see something that's drawn so is it if it's drawn does that immediately make it like a comic or a cartoon versus just like symbols and stuff like that i i would say that he that in, at least in that book, he himself is also a little bit giving to your argument I know. that that it's you know it it is what it is because that's the perception of it. And and to be clear, Cody, I have I've read Understanding Comics. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a terrible sequel. <laughs> Understanding Comics is good, but the future comics thing I'm, is kind of. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. Um, <laughs> what the future comics one? The uh, it's the reinventing reinventing comics. comics? Um, Reinventing comics makes a bunch of predictions that don't come true. That's 
not 100% accurate. I think XKCD is an example of where a lot of his predictions from reinventing comics do, in fact, come true. I think so. He talks a lot more about the music flexibility and medium, which XKD doesn't do that much. So, another day. It's certainly true that webcomics are popular, but that's not his prediction that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the way that he... Uh, do like infinite field comics or things like no, that. No, and he uh, and XKCD does have an infinite field comic that that he worked out. But it's not the regular thing that they do. Mostly it's just Well, okay, let's not have another uh, Yeah, do you really want to split that hair? Like, why are we doing this right now? Look, if you want to have it out, I'll have it out with you, but let me at least go back and reread the text so I can come loaded. <laughs> like, okay, we're at we're at length, so we can stop having a Oh, now we can stop now that we're at length. All right. So let me... Uh, I, I don't... Uh, Cody, did you listen to any further I, news I would before? Like to, I'd like to point out... <laughs> God damn it, Josh! All no! I'm pointing out is that you started it because you insisted on things not I comics. well I made a joke so about if you're Calvin, being mad about hang on it, I made a be joke mad about, at yourself I made a joke about Calvin and Hobbes it's your fault Greg <laughs> all your fault okay Cody yeah so did you listen to any further adieus before you were on this show yes okay so you're aware of a uh, of a um, bit me and Josh used to do called trash or treasure yes so Trash or Treasure, what this is, is we go and we try to find something related to this um, and, and decide is which uh, item of, uh, of ephemera is, 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 uh, is worth something and which one is something you can just find regularly. So I real quickly ginned up a Trash or Treasure. I was sure you would forget. I was ah! going to taunt you about it. No, I love Trash or Treasure. <laughs> it was it was one of my favorite bits we do across any podcast. You, you listen to Aura asking about it off air, and I was like, you love it so much, you post it. It's, I, I didn't... It wasn't a thing that I would ever remember to know. Yes. Uh, but, uh, so I challenged him to it, sure that he would forget. Yeah, 100%. And he has proven me wrong. I can, uh, you can, I, I can acknowledge that. You could, have, you could have put money on that and certainly would have won, <laughs> except that I was looking up that other thing. And, and because I, I was like, oh. <laughs> so uh, that's the reason why I have a trash or treasure. The wheel so, turns, however, so, slowly. <laughs> well, I was, you know, if, if we're being honest here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I challenge you guys to the trash or treasure. The two items I came up with, a, uh, a replica tape, uh, the four Sarah tape, or a replica of the scissors. So. Which, which one is worth money, which one is valuable, and which one is just sort of a regularly priced item? So I have the uh, unfortunate burden of more knowledge Uh-oh. about this okay. property. Okay, well, you get to so hold off on I'll hold it for off on this. Uh, I'm curious. Let Josh have a shot. Hmm. I would guess the scissors are the rarer one. Okay. So you were saying, what, that you would pay, like, pay for the scissors and not for a tape? Uh, well, that's, no, that's... what I'm saying, my logic, if you want to know why I'm making the call, because why not? Okay. Um, my, the tape would be more of an item that would appeal to young men. The scissors would be an item that would appeal to young women. My assumption is that the scissors would be underproduced, because most people that own media properties uh, are shitty about women. Mm-hmm. I'm quite possibly wrong, but that's why I made this call. Sure. Hmm. Okay. Uh Sorry, so, so trash or treasure? I mean, you could pay for both of these items. Just one of them has some sort of like 
you know, Wait inflated, well, yeah, inflated yeah. value usually, for some reason. Usually it's DVDs, and one, when I did it, it was DVDs, and one yeah. was out of print, and one wasn't, cool. basically. So... Now I will so for my trash or treasure. Yeah. Like I said, for uh, for Cody's trash or treasure debut, he cheated. Go I on. cheated. So my <laughs> my cheat is this. I would I would have to also agree that the treasure is the scissors. Yeah. But the scissors exist. Mm-hmm. You can get a necklace that have the exact scissors. The soundtrack came in a special edition that was on a tape that yeah. said for Sarah. Yeah. But it's just the soundtrack of the the show. So both of those items do exist. Also, you can get Greg's cape and cap, but those are the ones that are like really fucking expensive to yeah, get. Yeah, I did. Because I they skipped didn't. over the the costume item, like and the and the toys, because the toys, yeah, the toys are all over the place. You can get right. like marionettes of the toys that are like thousands of dollars, uh, and like more like <laughs> Funko Pop looking things that are very cheap. Right. Um. So, um. But uh, you both were actually incorrect. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. the soundtrack must be out of print or something, or that must have been a limited version of the soundtrack that you, because the the uh, the tape uh, and and replica is going for about one hundred and fifty dollars. That's what I and the and the scissors are a fourteen ninety five item. Yep, and I thought so that it was infinity. A... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just like comics. Your run it's is already tainted. Speculator bullshit. Why wait? Why is my run taped? It was a special edition cassette. How would I? How would I know that? I didn't know that. He didn't know. Yeah. The, I'm, the I'm only joking, thing, dude. I don't. Care. I just, well, I was just gonna say because the only thing the the uh, the I got these from eBay. The only thing the yeah. eBay auction item said was that it was a replica of the tape. It didn't say that it was the soundtrack. So mm-hmm. Cody could be wrong on that. Yeah. Well, no, I'm assuming that Cody was right, and that's why the, the yeah. prices were where they were. Uh, I believe, so it's the soundtrack, I think the tape is different because it has, yeah, the the tape is selling a replica for $1,000, but then there's another one that's 100 first edition 20, uh, it was a Mondo print thing, so that's, they're already okay. doing limited printing quantities for stuff like that. I believe there actually is... Man, uh, you are just running away with this bit. Go I, on. <laughs> it's more stuff to talk about yeah, related no, to the fine. episode. Go on. I, was... uh, I think they had Elijah Wood record some poetry stuff and like some clarinet music for the oh, tape. God. I really want to buy. Cool. I really want to buy the vinyl just because that's the medium that I listen to. I don't have a way to play tapes anymore either, even though I have a bunch of them. You can get. Was, you can get the tapes to vinyl. I know. I. <laughs> I'm. I'm shocked, Cody. Yeah. You can also get the tape for $15. Sealed case has cracks. Okay, Whoa. I guess it just depends. But uh wow, Cody. <laughs> Listen, do you, do you I, desperately want to so, be right? Is no, that this is that? <laughs> no, not at all. Not after the Scott McCloud thing. I don't want to be I don't want to be Greg anymore. <laughs> no, I literally waiting for me in the mail probably as soon as I go home is the uh Vince Guaraldi trio holiday special like peanuts on vinyl. Nice. That I can say. I mean, I can say this on air because it's not going to matter. My mom's more than likely not going to listen to this episode, but I got it for her because it's one of the few things that we have in common. And then it was like, oh, and I also. I'm sure this. you would have heard about it by now if your parents listened to this show. And yeah, I feel more. like maybe your parents aren't the target audience. <laughs> That's very very true. No offense to them if they are listening. I'm sure they're right. lovely folks. They they might they might get there at some point, but that's definitely not this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that enough, Josh? 
Yeah, sure. Seems like enough. <laughs> so you can find all of our podcasts at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. Go there. You can listen to this show. You can listen to some other shows. Josh will tell you about here in a moment. You can also email us, that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. If you are uh, feeling like you want to interact on the on the uh, old Facebook page, uh, where, where I think most of our interaction seems to happen, uh, you can go to That Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. Uh, just search for that on Facebook and you'll find us. Uh, there's an Instagram. There's a, a Twitter. Uh, those things uh, are, are also available. Yep. Uh, where's the Twitter at? Uh, the Twitter is the at for it is That Productions. You can also find it by searching That Podcast Productions. Our picture is Rogue's Butt. For the moment. For the moment. <laughs> Currently, there is no content, but I am about to upload the backlog of the episodes onto that. That's not just this uh, podcast. That's the other ones that are on our network as well. That's the overall Twitter net network Twitter. So looking forward into the future, Josh. What's upcoming? We haven't been having a schedule to fucking announce for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? So next week, you'll get an episode of... Uh, that podcast stays up all night where we go through the cinematic gems of the up all night universe. Okay, uh, can I, let me pause just for one second. Uh, some customers came into the store the other day and I tried to explain to them what we were doing. And I, f- I felt like as it was coming out of my mouth, like I was a moron. <laughs> like, I, was a, I was like, I sound like a crazy person explaining this. <laughs> you see, we're watching the movies from USA Up All Night and then just reviewing them, right? Like, what's yeah. what's to not? <laughs> but but for some reason, solid. like as I was saying it, I was like, that is kind of a. <laughs> like, it's a great premise for no, a podcast. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, it's great. I know it's great, but <laughs> when you say it out loud, <laughs> <laughs> and another great podcast idea that I'll tell you about when we're off air. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Um. And uh, so for that, we'll be doing Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation, which is, I don't know, kind of Christmassy. It'll be on on or about the 23rd. Did you already watch it? I have not yet. Okay. Uh, There'll probably be a holiday special in there somewhere. Not sure when we'll record that. And uh, and or possibly a 2019 wrap-up special. We might have a lot of special stuff coming up. Uh, We'll Uh, have more time, because... Because I won't be working as much. <laughs> so. but, but also, there are five. I, I, I do. I, yeah, fuck. Uh, since there are five Mondays in uh, this December, uh, for our fifth, we're doing something that I'm very excited about. We're ringing in the new year with uh, Freddy Got Fingered, one of the greatest <laughs> films ever released. <laughs> so on uh, December 30th, that podcast gets fingered. Mm, are we still doing phrasing? We're <laughs> not doing phrasing. That's a couple weeks out. I think that's that's how yeah, we'll announce. That's great. Yeah. Oh, uh, announce the the books for the next that podcast as well. Because oh, in case well, they want to, in case they want to read ahead, this one won't be till January sixth. But for that podcast, we'll never do where we do two comics. Uh, we're doing Black Hole and The Beauty, and it's so you'll remember, isn't it? <laughs> At least Look. I own one of those. <laughs> I have Black Hole sitting right next to my nightstand at home. <laughs> as, it, as it has for several years. <laughs> <laughs> so. I need to borrow that off one of you. 
Sure. I've read it before, but I, I've yeah. heard it. Uh, if you can borrow his, my bindings bad. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. I think I have beauty in issues, so I'll have to check. Anyway, uh, you know, hope you enjoyed that housekeeping moment there. <laughs> <laughs> some of this, some of this can added easily value. be attributed. When we get the Patreon rolling, this will all be behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we end our holiday... The first part of our holiday extravaganza. (laughs) Ain't better than eight crazy nights. (laughs) Oh man, I meant to bring that up. Damn it. As a comparison? Yeah. To to, over the garden wall? Yes. Interesting. (laughs) Hmm. Because it was the holiday one we watched uh, two years ago. Was was it when they mentioned Enoch's name and you're like, oh, I gotta talk about Zionism real quick. (laughs) Well, also, I had a... Tr- on our YouTube channel, we'll post a special where Aura will compare Eight Crazy Nights and Over the Garden Wall and somehow get very anti-Semitic. <laughs> Bye! No, hang on. Uh, the, but also True Detective, uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> but, so I can tie True Detective in there, too. <laughs> Sounds good to me.